the horrifying epidemic of teenage fentanyl deaths in a Texas county. Rachel Monroe Last February, when a teenage boy died of a fentanyl overdose in Kyle, Texas, south of Austin, local law enforcement hoped that it was an isolated incident. By all accounts, he did most of his association with the Austin crowd, Kyle's police chief, Jeff Barnett, recalls thinking. He goes to school in Austin, associates with people from Austin, this is not particularly a Kyle drug problem. Then, in May, a 15-year-old named Noah Rodriguez was found unresponsive after taking drugs, he spent four days in a coma before recovering. In June, another local high school student suffered a fatal overdose. Weeks later, and a few blocks away, a teenage girl was found dead in her room with slivers of a blue pill on the windowsill by her bed. At that point I knew, there's something coming, Barnett said. This is a tidal wave. The wave was still cresting. In August, two other local parents went to wake up their teenage son for dinner and couldn't rouse him. Days later, Rodriguez overdosed again, this time fatally. Teenagers in the Hayes County region overdosed, but did not die, in an elementary school parking lot, during class, and in school bathrooms. Grieving parents paid for a billboard with pictures of some of the kids who died that year, grinning boys in t-shirts and hoodies, next to the words fentanyl steals your friends. Two decades ago, Kyle was a town of some 6,000 people. It has since octupled in size, and many of the fields where teenagers used to chug beer at pasture parties have been paved over and replaced by townhouse developments. On some farm-to-market roads, you can still spot a cow or two, but much of the county, one of the fastest growing in the nation, has been overtaken by Austin's growth. In the Hayes Consolidated Independent School District, which includes four high schools, 14 elementary schools, and six middle schools, test scores and median incomes are above state averages, though not dramatically so. The district adds around 1,500 new students a year. We have a lot of people coming in for the technology industry in Austin, Hayes CISD Superintendent Eric Wright told me. We have a lot of first-time Texans that come from Mexico and Guatemala and Honduras. The county's infrastructure hasn't caught up with its expansion, the Hayes CISD administration is run out of a former tractor supply store and a suite of temporary buildings, and the county has retained some of the camaraderie of a smaller town. Sign up for the daily. Receive the best of the New Yorker every day in your inbox. Email address. By signing up, you agree to our user agreement and privacy policy and cookie statement. When students started overdosing, the Justice of the Peace and local law enforcement both reached out to write. The deaths weren't technically a school issue, none had yet happened on campus, but, to write, it seemed crucial to face the situation head-on. It kind of slapped me in the face when we had the third death. I just said, we've got to do something different, Wright told me. A lot of people battled that perceptual issue, if we share this information, because these deaths didn't happen on school grounds, is that going to make our schools look less desirable for people that are moving in? And we discussed it, and we thought, well, human life is too valuable to worry about that. Overdoses among young people are up across the country, nearly 40% of the fentanyl overdoses recorded by the Hayes County Sheriff's Office in 2022 involved people younger than 18. That rise has been attributed in part to a mental health crisis among teenagers, which has itself variously been blamed on pandemic disruptions, smartphones, social media, and political division. 
At the same time, synthetic opioids have made teenage drug experimentation much more dangerous. Many of the Hayes County kids who overdosed thought they were taking Xanax or Percocet, instead, the pills turned out to be counterfeits laced with fentanyl. Fentanyl is easier and cheaper to manufacture than natural opioids. It's also much stronger and can be unevenly distributed in counterfeit pills, making dosing more difficult. My daughter told me that her and him were both taking perks in Indiana, Carrie Jeffrey, whose 16-year-old son has overdosed on fentanyl twice since he moved to Texas two years ago, told me. But they were real Percocets. That's what these kids think they're taking, and it's not. So is it worse down here? Yeah. A junior at Lehman High School, where three students have died after taking fentanyl in the past nine months, told me that this year already felt different owing to security measures put in place after last year's shooting in Uvalde, there are more security officers, more hall monitors, and all the doors are locked at all times. Now overdoses, and the fear of overdoses, are making school an even more stressful place. We had a couple times where people have overdosed in bathrooms. You never used to see people wheeled out on stretchers, and that's happened three or four times this school year, she told me. The nurses have Narcan hanging right by the door in case somebody needs to come in and grab it real quick. Recently, in her psychology class, a student rested his head on the desk. My teacher, she's usually very calm. If people want to sleep in her class, she usually just lets them, because you can watch the lecture afterward. This kid had his hoodie on, and she didn't realize he had his earbuds in. When he put his head down, she was calling his name, because that's school protocol now, to wake them up, because of fentanyl. He didn't respond at all, and her face just dropped. He was all the way at the back of the classroom, so she had to kind of weave through all the tables to get back to him. And you could see the relief when she realized that he was okay. Hayes CISD administrators launched an awareness campaign highlighting the impact of fentanyl on the community through posters, assemblies, and a series of videos. The most haunting video is very short, it shows security camera footage of the high schooler overdosing in the elementary school parking lot. The black and white picture is too grainy to see details, but the general series of events is clear enough, an SUV backs into a parking place, a young man drags his limp friend out of the car and onto the pavement, throws water in his face, calls 911, and attempts CPR. The student survived. The district's administrators felt that their message was getting through. Our goal is to keep kids alive, and not talking about the problem doesn't solve it, Tim Savoy, Hayes CISD's chief communication officer, said. It makes it worse. Then, during winter break, five more students overdosed, including an 11-year-old girl. Four of them survived, one, a ninth-grade girl, did not. I'm afraid we're still at the beginning of it, Savoy said. Some politicians have linked youth overdoses to federal immigration policy. Illicit drugs are flowing into the country at an alarming rate because of Biden's open border. The Republican National Committee tweeted, in February. Texas Governor Greg Abbott cited the rise in youth fentanyl deaths as a justification for building a state-funded border wall. The Hayes County deaths have become part of that narrative. Ohio Representative Jim Jordan invited Brandon Dunn, Noah Rodriguez's stepfather, to testify before Congress earlier this year. 
Many of these drugs are smuggled across the southern border every single day. That's why it's so important to fix this crisis, Jordan tweeted the next day. In March, Texas Senator John Cornyn visited the school district. We need to stop the drugs, and we need to secure the border. And that's where the federal government is failing, he told a group of families and students. Anthony Hippolito, a Hayes County Sheriff's deputy, told me that he favored designating Mexican cartels as terrorist organizations. That's a personal opinion, not a sheriff's department opinion, he clarified. But attempts to tie the fentanyl problem to immigration politics are misleading. Fentanyl is coming from Mexico, but it is most commonly brought through ports of entry by U.S. citizens. Directing blame at Mexico is also a way to avoid looking at how Texas fails children. A 2022 report from the nonprofit Mental Health America ranked the state last in the nation in access to mental health care. Nearly three quarters of Texas youth who had a major depressive episode did not receive mental health treatment, the worst rate in the country, according to the report. We have pages and pages of addiction treatment places to refer to in the Austin area, and the sad thing we're running up against is that they're full, they're overwhelmed, Savoy said. There's a 60-day, 90-day wait, or they're not accepting new patients at this time. Or they're not available for kids without insurance. We've seen several of the kids that have overdosed once have overdosed again, even after that traumatic overdose experience, because it's so addictive and because treatment is so hard to come by. Carrie Jeffries struggled with addiction for most of her life. Just before she got sober, five years ago, she paid a private investigator to help her find her son, who'd been absorbed into the foster care system. A year and a half ago, she regained custody of Christian, who is now 16, and he joined her in Buda, near Kyle. She had assumed that Hayes County would be a tamer place to settle than Austin, but, during his first week at school, Christian was already coming home high. Video from The New Yorker Christian befriended Noah Rodriguez, a bright, impulsive kid who lived nearby. During the pandemic lockdowns, Noah had stopped taking his ADHD medicine. I'm not in school, why should I? He said to his mom, Janelle. Without football practice occupying his time, he began congregating with kids at the park near his house. When Noah started high school, Janelle was relieved that he'd be going to Johnson High School, which draws from the wealthier part of the county. That's a very new school. It looks like a college. It's massive, she told me. I was so naive. I think it was just overwhelming for him. And it turns out Johnson has one of the biggest drug problems. Last May, Janelle was at a water park with her younger children when a Kyle police officer called to tell her that Noah had been found unresponsive at a friend's house. When Noah awoke from his coma, he was tearful and apologetic. He thought only a few hours had passed, it had been four days. Janelle and her husband called treatment centers, but none would take Noah without his consent, and he insisted that he didn't have a problem. Even so, Janelle was hopeful that summer was one of the best they'd had as a family. Noah was dating a sweet girl, and when he wasn't with her, he seemed happy enough to hang around the house doing TikTok cooking challenges. Then, the first week of school, 16 days after Janelle gave birth to another son, Noah overdosed at his girlfriend's house. This time, he couldn't be revived. 
In the seven months since, Janelle has given more than 60 presentations about her son's death and the dangers of fentanyl at schools across Texas. She can usually tell the story with a certain amount of practice remove, but, when she talks about the ragged days surrounding Noah's death, her voice starts to collapse. What happened? You promised us. What happened? Like many other Hayes County institutions, the Kyle Police Department has outgrown itself and will soon be moving to a new headquarters with eight times the square footage of the current one. Chief Barnett met me in his dim office, where the windows were hung with strings of blue and white Christmas lights. Barnett is a compact man with an East Texas accent strong enough that he told me that Siri sometimes has a hard time understanding him. When Barnett was growing up, kids hung out in the Dairy Queen parking lot. I don't think there's that single point of congregation anymore, he said. Teenagers today struck him as more isolated, taking pills alone in their rooms. Until recently, adult overdoses in Kyle were typically treated as a medical issue, not a criminal one. If there was no threat, no sign of trauma, it didn't result in death, we weren't investigating anything, Barnett said. That changed when the young people started dying. Local law enforcement is now aggressively pursuing drug cases, often in partnership with federal investigators. A few weeks after Noah Rodriguez's fatal overdose, Kyle police arrested a 20-year-old man and a 16-year-old boy on drug-related charges. Several other local teenagers have since been arrested, including an 18-year-old who faces charges involving the delivery of fentanyl and the death of a child in Hayes County, according to the department. In my conversations with Hayes County officials, the language of destigmatization and harm reduction often bumped up against the inherited language of the drug war. Some kids who used drugs were depressed or confused, others were cold-blooded perpetrators. When I asked Barnett about the 16-year-old his department had arrested, his voice sharpened. That kid is not a victim, he said. That kid is a street-hardened kid, from what I understand. On the state level, Texas has largely pursued a punitive, zero-tolerance approach to the crisis. Fentanyl testing strips are still illegal in Texas, although Abbott recently signaled support for their decriminalization. Earlier this month, the state Senate unanimously passed a bill that would classify fentanyl deaths as poisonings, which would mean that people who make or distribute pills that result in an overdose death could face murder charges. Here we go! Abbott tweeted. You kill Texans with fentanyl. You get charged with murder. Janelle Rodriguez told me she believed she knew who had supplied the fentanyl that contributed to her son's overdose. He's facing drug charges, although they're not related to Noah's death. It's sad. He's a kid himself, she told me. She said that she had been thinking about what she would say to him, if it ever came to that, it would be along the lines of how I know Noah really valued his friendship and how he was a friend to Noah. And how Noah helped him out. So the fact that he could, on the other hand, he's 19, and I would love to see him make something of his life. I know what kind of person Noah was. He had a really big heart. He valued his friendships. And it's just sad that this turned out the way it did. Diamond Suit